0: Did you know your daily routine could be the key to your next vacation getaway? NerdWallet helps you compare travel and cashback cards to turn your everyday purchases into your next unforgettable getaway experience. Traveling doesn't have to be expensive, and daily expenses don't have to get in the way of your next escape. Imagine purchasing food and earning points towards a free hotel room, or earning points toward a flight by simply buying gas. Regardless of your financial situation, the NerdWallet team will help you make sense of your options at nerdwallet.com. Get expert information from an award-winning team of nerds to make even the most complicated money questions and topics easy to understand. NerdWallet's dedicated team will offer the tips you need to get that vacation you've been waiting for without breaking the bank. NerdWallet offers everything you need to make sound financial decisions while costing you absolutely nothing. Find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet.com or in app stores by downloading the NerdWallet app.
3: This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Blake Harbin. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting's latest series, Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth. You're the CEO of Housel Financial, a mortgage and lending company in the Southeast. And today you're going to help everyone get a spin and understanding on the current financial Uh, situation what's going on and uh you know i said just before we got started i'm an accountant but and you're in the finance industry but not everyone has a handle what the heck is even interest rates let's let's start there what is that uh
4: an interest rate is basically what you are charged in order to borrow money Mm -hmm. so most of them are done as an annual percentage rate and so if you know for basic terms let's just say You know you got a hundred thousand dollars and your interest you're borrowing a hundred thousand dollars and your interest rate is five percent so that first year alone you're going to pay five thousand dollars in interest not to Mm -hmm. mention your principal paid out
3: okay now i don't know about you but everyone i talk to the number one complaint i hear is oh my gosh everything's going up gas food oh my gosh steak three times the amount it was uh, a year ago What's going in that in that department? What's going on in that department? I know they're all interconnected. But a lot of people are just frustrated about the price, but not understanding how they interconnect with each other and why things are so crazy right now.
4: A lot of it is because the government has been I mean, we've been flooded with liquidity, Mm. and or you know, just flooded with money. Mm. And so people are spending it and it doesn't help that you know, you combine that with the whole supply chain, you know, it kind of goes back to the supply and demand sort of thing. So mm-hmm. if we have an abundance of supply, you know, and there's not there's low demand, prices go down. Mm-hmm. But if we have a super high high demand, which is where we are with an uber low supply, because you know, most of the ships are sitting out in the ports apparently, still waiting to uh, come on through. Um, but um that will, you know, that that will put you where you are, where we are now.
3: <laughs> now, now the supply chain. We had someone on recently giving a little bit of feedback on that. Is that part of the problem with what happened with lockdown and COVID? That that's part of the whole issue of why things are sitting out in bay and whatever.
4: Uh, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a com. And in my opinion, anyways, it's a con- it's a combination of that. I mean, because mm-hmm. sometimes you have the mandates that they put out that may keep certain workers from going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's going to be a that's going to be an ongoing battle, Um, which is why we generally don't do mandates.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now. Now, also, with the flooding of money, explain that because some people are like, well, more money in the system's awesome. Why would that be a bad thing printing money? Explain how when there's more money printed, what does that do to the economy? And what's the overall effect going forward?
4: Well, so that's the thing. So when there is this additional money and the money came from like the cares act and mm-hmm. uh you know the the ongoing uh, additional money that they just keep spending and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like that's why everyone's so fearful of the whole build back better look mm-hmm. everybody wants infrastructure everybody wants bridges and roads and you know yeah we're all sick of potholes and the whole nine yards yeah but when there's a right time and there's a wrong time to do it. And right now is not the greatest time to be able to, you know, and, and to add all the extra programs in there, but mm-hmm. to spend all that additional money, because yes, it is great. But if there is a over, you know, if there's an over a flood of it, um, mm-hmm. you know, then that's where we can run into issues just because there's, there's too much there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's kind of like the, by the same reason, like why the price of luxury goods, for instance, has, has skyrocketed you know, um, because people have it have it and they want
3: to spend it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting during the whole lockdown, I thought people would be spending less and in, in a lot of ways they did. I know for myself, I wasn't going to the movies. Uh, you were doing less fun things outside the house. But honestly, people weren't always spending less in that I found there were way more people doing stuff inside the house, like mm-hmm. redecorating repurposing building home theaters, stuff like that. Just because hey, I, if I got to be locked up in here for forever while I work and live and stay inside, I might as well make it more efficient, better Buy a new office buy a new entertainment set. So I mean, in some cases, I think Americans were still spending quite a bit during the whole lockdowns.
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They were. uh, There was a big difference though, too. And and this really hurt our service industry. Mm. But because you couldn't travel because you weren't really greatly going out, you know, to to eat all the time. Like, I mean, let's, Mm. let's be honest we all love our convenience. Yeah. <laughs> I have, there's no, there's no argument about who's doing the dishes tonight, so <laughs> out, but uh, you know, with that, that being said, that's definitely is a huge factor that when it comes out, you know, and they're sitting there, you know, and they are working from home and you know, it, it, just as you, as you shared, I mean, when you're sitting around and you're staring out and you're staring at it all day, you're like, you know, I don't really like this that much right now. And Mm -hmm. I'd like this to be a lot nicer. I'd like to, I'd like to be improved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think Americans found themselves as well with additional money um, because they weren't going out. They weren't getting Starbucks 27 Mm -hmm. times a day, you know.
3: (laughs) I can relate to that.
4: (laughs) Trust me, I've seen some of them. I'm like, how do they spend that much money a month at Starbucks?
3: Is that Uh even possible?
4: Like, exactly. They're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It
3: is. It is. Well, I didn't realize it last year until I sat down and actually did a uh, template on what I'm spending all my my fun money on and uh, coffee. Yeah, it's a big one uh, for me. I, I really love it. Now, the um, decision recently by the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates is that a bad thing? What does that mean going forward for Americans? How will that affect them?
4: See, here's the here's the tough part about that particular Ooh. situation generally speaking and in, in, in the past we've raised we are we've had interest rates we've raised them mm-hmm. in order to slow inflation
0: mm-hmm.
4: but the the problem with that now is you have a growing economy which is a good thing don't get me wrong uh, especially after what we had what we endured you know and so we need that momentum to continue mm-hmm. um, but so the interest rates, although a lot of times they will they will uh, quell the inflation, you know, or at least slow it down. It's like I said, it's it's, it's an entire cascading effect. It can be completely because your interest rates lessen the purchase power, you know. I mean, it's just like why the housing industry is so detrimental to America's economy because it impacts so many facets. Uh, whether you're building, whether you're loaning, you know, all of that then that goes into construction then that goes into those construction workers or they're spending their money and buying goods and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but the problem is is what it does is you know when you have so much buying power that's why we've seen you know the real estate skyrocket and as far as the pricing and whatnot goes i mean the average home's up like 25 percent in the last uh, year alone i mean that's that's huge it is you know, and that's, what's going to push things, uh, push things through the roof. And you take your interest rate away. Now you have less buying power. You put another point and and another. So if you say you take a rate from a 3%, what it was not, you know, not too long ago Mm -hmm. to now we're starting to see even some into the mid fours. You take that difference away for the average consumer. That's a hundred thousand dollars in buying power that they no longer
3: have. Yeah.
4: But what happens then now we're driving rents up. And like mm. I said, that's what I say it is a cascading effect. It just it and not, food
3: not, and not everything good. else. Yeah. And I, I know, because the industry I work in, we have products and services. And every year by the labor uh, department, we're able to charge a cost of living increase. Um, and it went from last year 1.3 this year 5.6% increase. That's right. a huge increase. Now, let's say you're paying uh, the bill, your your rent is um 2000 a month, add 5.6%. On top of that, that's a juicy increase compared to last year's increase of only 1.3. So if you have rent coming up uh, a new lease, you could you know, be end up paying uh, the 5.6% as per the Department of Labor is allowing people to charge that for labor and services. That's a big increase on your pocket. And if your salary is not going up by that amount, the yeah, you're gonna have to be cutting from your Starbucks.
0: (laughs) Now
4: think about this, though. Let's let's take it a step further. So that 5.6, that's what they decided in December. What was the increase? Now, when we just had the official number come out that, you know, it was seven plus percent. That's the highest since
3: 1982.
4: Wow. So think about that for a minute. So you have that increase and, you know, you've only theoretically your wages have gone up by that 5.6 percent. You know, and you take it a step further, even think of the folks that are on the uh, fixed incomes, you know, the the retirees that are on Social Security. So they got a double whammy this year. They're like five point six percent. This is awesome. But then they got a new increase in Medicare. Yeah. So it's like, wait a minute. I'm already, you know, I'm already check to check, as we know. Mm -hmm. But now I've got stuff even more expensive and you're taking more money from me when you were mm-hmm. supposed to be giving me some?
3: Exactly. So I've heard that from people saying, well, you know, it's weird. I've actually gotten the bonus this past, you know, January, but I'm actually paying more in food and rent and whatever. So you're actually, you know, you might be, as you say, have more money in your pocket, but you're, you're paying out more. Yeah, uh, your buying
4: so, power is not the same.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Your buying power is not the same. Now, what do Americans have to know to go forward? Like to make this different? Is there a way to reverse this, change this? What can we do?
4: Well, a big part of that, I mean, like I said, it's it's getting I think a key thing is getting the supply chain running. Mm -hmm. Um, We have and then also we've got to get through this, uh, the new Omicron variant, you know, all of that plays 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 a role. And then even when you know, the government may be paying their paying the people a little bit too much to uh, stay at home. You know, Sometimes you <laughs> yeah. gotta incentivize them to go to work.
3: Yeah. You know? Well, that's interesting you say that because honestly, I, I remember a nurse back in New York because we just recently moved to Texas last year. And this nurse said to me she had been let go right when the whole thing started. And she said, Well, I'm cool with that. I said, Why were you let go? Don't they need you she's like yeah, I was kind of overstaffed. So I'm staying home. But it's cool. I just got my last paycheck. And then I want to get whatever we're getting from the government, and then they can send bring me back right after I get my check from the government. I'm thinking, uh, what? But you know, never before when I was younger, and you know, I'd gotten laid off in my 20s, I never thought, let me just stay home to get all my unemployment before I start to look for work. I never had that mindset. But the mindset with a lot of Americans are, are changing. It's like, why go to work when I can get this juicy, yummy paycheck just sitting on my bun watching Netflix? <laughs>
4: well, right. And that's the and that's the thing about it. So because it wasn't just, you know, for- let's go back to when they, when they did the stipend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your stipend was at least $600 a week for folks that were unemployed. And that's, and that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's add that, that now let's add that to whatever the state amount was. So for, in Georgia, for instance, it was, it's around $350 mm-hmm. a week, add that to with $600. Now I'm at $950 a week. So I'm making almost a thousand dollars a week that, you don't really pay taxes on and i mean that's about equivalent to somebody that looks at incomes all day that's about equivalent to making about 70 plus thousand a year if you're wow. going to have more taxes on gross income so think about that i can yeah. go to work back at my job for four or five six grand a month work my tail off or i can get paid the same thing i'm going to go kayaking today
3: uh, yeah i mean honestly who wouldn't choose that option um but on the overall you have to think what is it going to cost me later because the one thing I, I tell friends when i talk to them is like nothing that is paid out for the government is really from the government it's from the people who are still working us the taxpayers so ultimately you're paying for it one way or another by your children, children's taxes because it has to come from somewhere and it's not just coming from today's money it's coming from generations and generations to come Correct. Right. Uh, and and wor- future work you're gonna do so it's really never free money and that's what i i really try to drill home to people that hey yeah i got this juicy paycheck woo let me go get some clothes it's like no that that's not a free paycheck that is not free money there is no free money
4: it's not. <laughs> what, and, and you gotta realize especially if you if you're in that if you're falling underneath that category mm-hmm. you know yeah don't get me wrong there are some folks that got laid off and i mean yeah. like even that thousand dollars a week they're like Dude, I was making six figures, and I still can't even get back to that. Mm-hmm. And man, bear in mind, as we all know, we, with inflation over the years, six figures is not what it once was. Yeah. No. I mean, it's kind of like you know, back in the '80s, what if you made 50, 50 grand a year, you were you know high up on the hog. But uh, you know, it's no different with the six figures. But yeah. now it's just not the same mm-hmm. at all.
3: Yeah. It isn't. Well, uh, you know, this is great. And you're also, let's tell everyone, you are running for Georgia's 6th Congressional District in 2022. Share a little bit about what you're running on, what you hope to accomplish when you get in office. What What is your overall take going forward?
4: Well, a big part of our take is yeah, I want to use the experience that I have gained over mm-hmm. my career. And my career has been one of buying companies, uh, starting companies, selling companies, you know, in, in the beginning, it was even, you know, it was in the auto industry and they used to send me into new stores to go and fix whatever was broken, you know, and it was, can you turn this around? Yeah. So, you know, and that's, so that's, that's what my whole career has been is, you know, problem solving, fixing what's broken, negotiating. It's kind of like, you know, there's, there's so much that goes on within, within Congress and what mm-hmm. takes place. And, you know, the country used to be run, run from more of a business perspective. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem yeah. is, is when you are looking at it as other people's money, you're not spending, you know, they'll, they'll spend it a lot, a lot more frequently, but mm-hmm. when you own businesses and, you know, you've had to, I don't know, sell your car or personally, I had to sell my truck one time mm-hmm. to make payroll, to take care of my people. You learn about putting people first. Mm -hmm. And I think if we start getting back to that, we're going to fix a lot of we're going to fix a lot of problems. I want to balance the budget. I mean, and and bear in mind, you know, some some candidates are like, yeah, you know, I want to do that. Yeah. But do you know how? Mm. That's the question. I look at it every day. This isn't a challenge for me just because i I gotta do it all day anyways
3: (laughs) yeah and you know i used to say what would be really really awesome is if uh local and even state and then federal government could put out an itemized like you know i work in an accounting situation and the companies i work for want to see a reconciliation against the banks or whatever money we're spending in and out and i would love if uh state local and federal government would put out those numbers every single month boom here's our in and out for this month We can identify every single thing we're spending. Even if you can't tell us, okay, here's some stuff we're doing in the uh, military sector that's kind of confidential. We can't really tell you about that. But at least you give me a number on where that money went. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the money went somewhere, we don't know where. Yeah. Yeah, so this is is really important, because you're really a fix it up, man. Let's go in here and just fix problems instead of talking about them, because it drives me nuts. Yeah, a whole bunch of people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then they come in, nothing gets done. It's like, yeah, go on.
4: No, it's kind of interesting, because, you know, as I sit here and I listen to all these other candidates, (laughs) and, you know, you start (laughs) investigating them, you know, just like they do me, and you're trying to learn everything you can about them. And it's like, you'll talk, hey, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. I'll go get it. I'll go dive into it. But, you know, every battle plan is perfect until that first shot is fired. Mm. And so that's what you got to think of when you're in that, quote unquote, battlefield. And don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, Congress is not a physical battlefield, (laughs) but it is a huge mental and negotiation and problem solving battlefield. And that you got to understand. So who do you want next to you in that? You want the guy that has your back versus somebody that's, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. You know, look, we already know it's broken. I don't need your learning curve. I, mm-hmm. we need this fixed now. And it's not just, it's not just budgets. It's not just mm-hmm. the logistics. And, you know, there's so many other factors that really are playing into this and mm-hmm. so many, so many other issues that are at stake. Yeah. you know, even down to school choice for our kids, because that's a whole other issue. And that is a big part of my platform as well, yeah. is having that parental choice and being able to p- play a part in your children's education without having any sort of fear of retribution.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, know? or and, being
3: called a, a terrorist for caring about what your child is being taught or really not taught, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brainwashed with. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's
4: the thing, if we don't fix that problem there, you know, if we don't get back to teaching children how to think versus what to think, mm. it doesn't matter all the issues that you and I are talking about right now and we, and we get them fixed. In 10 years, we're going to be in even a worse mess yeah. because these children don't understand. They never learn.
3: It's true. I mean, at least when I went to school, it was really highly focused on uh, reading, writing, uh, arithmetic, you know, history, actual history. Um, But, you know, so much has changed. Now it's like, let's teach you about narrative and the narrative we want you to think and how we want you to see the world instead of Let's have you experience the world and what's your understanding of it. One of my best teachers in Italian, I used to say, I'm not going to teach you to speak Italian. We're going to go out there. We're going to live it. So he used to take us to Little Italy and walk around to all the store owners and we'd have to have conversations with them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. But we wouldn't be able to go home or get a grade that day until we spoke to the store owners and in Italian. Um, but it's like throwing you into the fire. It's like really, we want you to actually experience, live this, be this, so it becomes part of you. And I think if we added more of the experiential learning into education, I mean the kids would come out a lot more with a lot more tools to handle life and not have to feel like they're not equipped to handle what comes their way.
4: Well, agreed. you know if you've ever noticed something interesting, uh, at least statistical, statistically speaking,
3: mm-hmm.
4: a lot of people, as they get older, they they go from more of a progressive side to more of a conservative side mm-hmm. because they find out that wait a minute, you really have to work hard for this money? <laughs> I, <he's> <laughs> I can't <laughs> just tell my boss to go off or.
3: And not get uh, fired? <laughs>
4: I get fired? What are you talking about?
3: I can't just show up when I want. Uh, no. <laughs> but you, you know, it's interesting, because I was talking to my husband about that a couple of weeks ago, I uh, would, uh, you know, in my 20s, say I'm a die hard liberal. Uh, you know, I voted blue it's totally the way to go because the blue party cares about poor people. And of course, I want to care about poor people. Um, but as I you know, uh, even in my late 20s, I, I would go to DC, I did a couple of marches. But as I begin to, you know, stayed in that, um, Blue Arena, I realized that nothing was really being done for the poor people. I mean, giving people free pay checks, uh, isn't really helping them and giving them the tools to move forward and take care of themselves. And nothing made that more evident to me than a gal who said I went to, you know, serve and the Peace Corps went to a third world country and thought I'm gonna save the day, I'm gonna help all these poor people, we're gonna feed them make their lives better. And once I got there with that high and mighty attitude, one of the elders told me, hey, chill out, we know what to do for our our tribe, we don't need you to tell us what to do. We just need the tools. And then she said, I was greatly humbled when I realized they know what's needed. We just need to give them the facility so they can do what they have to do. Well, and, that, and that's what
4: we have to get back to. It's the yeah. old, what is it, you know, uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Yeah. Teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime.
3: Exactly. And that,
4: st- that start starts all the way down in that grade school, high school level. It's mm-hmm. just like we, we've gotten rid of trades completely. Mm-hmm. You know, and guess what? Not everybody's going to go to college. Not everybody wants to go to college, you know, and you can still make 80, 100, 120 plus thousand dollars a year, you know, all, all day long if mm-hmm. you have that skill set. So you start putting those things in. I mean, that helps people's value. Then they don't have to under, under uh, you know, get confused. by it. it's like, wait, I went to college. I got my degree. I can I can basket weave and while well, understanding gender studies in, underwater.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it's but, not gonna... find a job. <laughs> exactly exactly because it doesn't it's not applicable to the, the real world i have a gal who worked at microsoft for many years as an admin got great pay actually but hated her work would not get happy to get up every day she in her 40s went back to school uh, became a mechanic has never been happier she loves working with her hands and in her forties got hired right out of the trade school, straight into Delta airlines and has a job today, super happy. Um, so it's never too late. If you want to make that no, transition, not,
4: I will say, say in addition in my entire career, one of the things that I have always done is I, I try to seek people out and give them those opportunities they, that they may not have had, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, like, I was having a conversation with a voter more or less a debate, um, uh, of course it was on social media and that was against my better judgment. I know better <laughs> than that, but might've gotten a little bit far in that one, but, um, you know, they were just saying, Oh, well, we need a common income of a thousand dollars or a stipend mm-hmm. check of a thousand dollars every month. And I'm like, no, you don't. I mean, do you want that? And I actually had this conversation. I said, do you want that thousand dollars a month? Or cause they were, you know, obviously attacking me and running and whatnot. And I was like, yeah. Do you want that thousand dollars a month or do you want me to teach you to, to be able to go make five or six thousand a month?
3: Yeah, more than that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You, you could you could. no cap. Yeah, it's interesting because um, the gal here who was making a six figure income as an admin in, in um, Microsoft, you know, not a bad job. Pretty cushy. But, you know, also you have to think about, yeah, you got the income. Yeah, you made it to a point where you have income. But are you happy with your life? Because it's not just about money. So you want to find something that brings you joy and if your great gifts are fixing things which in her case you know messing with her hands and fixing things is her great joy you give back and you're using your gifts and talents exactly
4: money equals time Mm -hmm. and time equals happiness at least that's what i firmly believe
3: yeah absolutely we could go on for a long time this no has been awesome blake I- i'm so grateful you came to discuss this very important topic because i know for myself and a lot of my friends were we're concerned about the economy but at least this gives i find a knowledge is power and you've given that to our audience so blake harbin thank you so much for coming to savvy broadcasting today
4: oh i absolutely appreciate it and you know for your listeners if they would you know if they'd like to learn more about me or support us and whatnot. It's because uh, campaigns and change don't come cheap. And, you know, if they just went to uh, Blakeharbin.com, this is B-L-A-K-E-H-A-R-B as in com. That's
3: awesome. And that'll be right below there too, everyone. So you just go on over there, help them out. You can find them on Twitter at Blakeharbin, G-A, as well. And I thank you so much again, Blake, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting.
4: Thanks so much for having me.
3: You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com.